Hello, welcome to the Free Midfield Podcast, a podcast where three friends who had their dreams being professional footballers dashed away as children when they all discovered food have their say on the Premier League. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, boys and girls, days and them. We are back, boy. Ever presence, Coach Koja, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a good day. How are you? I am doing all right, you know. Not not too shabby, not too shabby. I can't complain. Cahill here, one of the other co-hosts, of course. I never introduce myself. Never. And every time, I feel like I, I say I never introduce myself more than introducing myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that, that's that. Let's get my name out there. There we go. And we are, of course, joined by a guest, Extraordinaire Gem. How you doing, sir? Yeah, not bad, guys. Thank you for having me on. First time. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Chelsea fan, of course. And why not speak about, obviously, the biggest transfer I think of the of the window. Mm. Never mind that Manchester City nonsense. Never mind. <laughs> let's let's talk yeah. about obviously the biggest mover in the room. Romelu Lukaku is back. Coming or well, at least coming back to Chelsea. Uh mm. 97 million pounds, like 115 million euros, something like that. Big, big money for a big, big player. How excited are you for this signing? I'm happy that we've actually got someone um it's been quite a hard um transfer window to especially for a chelsea fan you know lots of talks around harlan coming to chelsea and you know we were waiting patiently for that that offer to come in and hopefully that would have triggered something else but you know harlan was my preference I'm not gonna lie originally he was always the man that i uh, went i think 80 percent of chelsea fans wanted even though they don't want to admit it now because the car here but you know he he was the guy that we did initially want and Look, I said if we don't get if we don't get a Haaland and a Lukaku to, to Chelsea makes sense. You know, the guy's got a point to prove. The guy's scoring double digit goals in Inter Milan for two seasons in a row. Conte's pretty much revitalised him as a player. Um he's improved as a player as well, massively. He's improved as a player. And I think if you look at the way how we play, um, I think especially from last year, the only thing we missed was someone that could actually just pull it in the back of the net. And mm. he does that, you know, he he definitely does that. So I think he will play well with a Havertz, a Werner, a Mount. And what he actually allows our players to do is slip back into their natural positions. Because I felt like some players were playing out of position to accommodate an area that we didn't really didn't really have, you know. Um, we didn't know, had no trust in Tammy Abraham. Giroud was always in and out in and out of the games as well. So I think uh, the signing of Lukaku, even though it can be or may be expensive to a lot of people for who he is and that, could be, it could work. And I think you just, as a Chelsea fan, I think I'm more just sort of a, an open book to it more than anything. I'm not, yay, very excited or no, it's a crap signing, which I feel like our fan base is doing at the moment. I'm sort of banging the middle and just open to seeing how he plays. I mean, it's obviously a, a great signing for you. You, you fit, like you said, you fill that hole in number nine, obviously, because Timo Werner, obviously, the fifty million pounds, uh, it didn't didn't seem to work out. We still got a few years left on this contract, so we never yeah. know what what can happen. But for him in particular, I mean, you've got a lot of players, a lot of wide players, a lot of quality wide players. You have got Hudson Odoi, uh, Christian Pulisic. I imagine Timo Werner will, will drop drop left wide left now. I mean, uh, Hakim Ziyech as well. So yeah. Where, what do you see as your strongest uh, lineup going forward? I, I'm attacking options going forward. It's it's hard because we have so many options, and I think it's I think next season what you'll see, which Tuchel done a lot last season, was rotation. He never really kept the same same eleven, especially from the front. You know, it was always mm. switched around, and no one was really 
in form for us last season, I would say. Someone that could really, other than Mason Mount, I think Mason Mount played at the pretty decent season last season. But for this season, I think it would just be interesting. I think my preference, if it was me to pick the team, it would be Lukaku, Havertz and Mount. That's who I would probably go with. But I see Timo Werner in these games. So maybe Lukaku, Werner and a Mount is probably what, the way it will probably go. And I think you may see, may see a better Timo Werner this season, you know, only because I think he's better when he's not the main sort of focal point in the team. He's allowed to sort of use his movement and run into spaces behind the defence. And I think Lukaku will do that massively for for us next season. And yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because we've got so much talent up there. Ziyech will come in in certain games. Pulisic, you know, if we're struggling, you need someone to take the ball up the pitch. You've got a Christian Pulisic that can do that as well. We have different type of, of, of attackers they've all got their own different sort of yeah. you know what I mean they're not all the same are they other than maybe Cho and Pulisic if, if he makes sense they're very direct with the ball but Ziyech is yeah. more of a creator isn't he gets the ball likes to create and and Werner's someone that loves, loves running into space so mm. yeah looking forward to it well, let's, let's get into that that in particular his running into space now that he's no longer the focal point for your team um, Lukaku's there. I, mean, I feel like he, he's always worked well in the two. Or the Leipzig connection with uh, with uh, yeah. Yusuf Paulson. That's when he was mostly scoring a lot of his goals. Uh, Kojo, what do you expect for Timo Werner this season, knowing that he has this partner that can obviously take away a lot of the focal points of the defence? Um, I think what's important, number one, is the fact that he's got a partner like he has put like yeah, Paulson, as you mentioned. Lukaku had that with Lautaro Martinez. So you've got someone who's experienced playing in a one and a two. So now if um, Werner was to start a game on the left side, that's in terms of like base formation, kickoff, you see him on the left wing, that's where you start. He can have that connection knowing that Lukaku's could be in the forward. And the big thing about Werner is, even though he did miss a heck of a chance last season, one thing you cannot say is that he didn't create. One way or another, he was creating. One way or another, because of his movement and his speed, he was causing havoc in other defences. So one way or another, he's a big threat. And in Lukaku, you've got someone who just lives and breathes goals. He loves to score goals. He's crazy for goals. So you've got someone that, not only just him, you've got Kai Havertz as well, who's more like a second striker-ish kind of attacking midfielder who just loves to get in there and make those late runs and score goals. So literally within that in itself, you've really got an option in terms of formation style. You've got to do two up top and Havertz just behind, or Mason Mount, who is underrated um, creatively. You've got mm. Werner who can play in a, in a 4 3 3 Lukaku up in, in the top, Werner on the other side, and uh, Hakim Ziyech on the right. If they wanted to go to the conventional 4 4 2, you can do that with Kante and Jorginho. You know, there's so many options around this right now that gives um, Tuchel so many. It, it gives him, I think it'll give him joy. I think it'll give him joy in the mm. fact that he can say, you know what? Every, you know, if you're thinking football, what you want is your manager to just change things within game if it's not working. And with that kind of talent that he has, especially with those two, he has so much available towards him that he can just change things in the blink of an eye, knowing that these players are tactically adept. Someone like Werner can adapt to these things. Just he played in the two. He was so known in Bundesliga for drifting out wide and sort of just cutting inside with his speed, running against the space, making sure he beat the line, making sure he's always onside, and obviously finishing these chances one-on-one. So it'll be very interesting to see how he links up with Lukaku. Lukaku is a smart player. So, you know, you've got someone who can also hold the ball up and there will be questions about his touches and his passes. You know how genders are, you know how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> someone like Lukaku... I, I, feel, I feel like you're the only one that brought that up. You're, you're the only person no, that holds that up. Because you know what's pending. Like, literally today, there was a video, a five-minute video 
of him and his touches in Syria. And I was like, yeah. you know, you know, I was like, you know, the guy just won the league title, right? <laughs> like, he's not, he's not a bum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he led his team to the league title as well. I should, I should actually say. So mm-hmm. I think um, with those two, he has the opportunity to be able to have something very special with those guys. And I genuinely actually do think that it will help Werner score a lot more goals this season. I'm hoping that he will have a lot more easier chances for him to get his confidence back up before he starts trying to score the more difficult ones. Let's hope there's no Cisco step-overs this season, though, because they, they were... Uh, that's a throwback. <laughs> you might be, that's a throwback to one of our episodes. But, yeah, that, he, can't, he, can't, he can't do step-overs to save his life. So let's hope he's, he's worked out of his, uh, his game. But um, let's get into, the, let's get into the, the, the real questions now. You've spent uh, £97 million on a striker. There's obviously an there's a expectancy on him. Lukaku comes into the league. Obviously, I think he scored like 100 Premier League goals already, and that was mostly for West Brom. He comes mm. back into the league, winning the winning the league title in Serie A. Um, we're knowing that at a big club like Manchester United, who where he was at before, he didn't exactly hit the ground running. Is that a fear for you that he might take him time to get back into the the flow of the Premier League? I don't think he's got the time to. I don't think we will. I don't. I don't think. Not only will Chelsea fans not allow him, I don't think rivals will allow him that time, really. Because the fact, the one thing I would say with Lukaku is that the, the one excuse he can't use is is needing to adapt. He, he's been here. He played for West Brom. He played under Everton, Man United, mm. and you know he played in in them teams, scoring a lot of goals as well. You know, all right, he was still very raw and he had a bad touch, and you know sometimes he went missing in the big games or you know whatever the excuse was that someone would find out. And to be fair, I was one of them to a degree because I didn't think he had it in him to do what he's doing what he's doing now um no i i think i think he comes in i think he has to he has to get firing he's been bought for a lot of money yes there's pressure there for him to do that but at the end of the day he he, he just needs to carry his you know his levels of performances that, that he did have at inter at chelsea and if anything it should be easier for him in a way all right if you're forgetting the mental aspects of it if you look at the players that he's got around him the players that can create for him i think reese james is going to love having uh, a, mm. a lukaku up front because now when we whip balls in we're actually going to have someone that can blimmin throw the body at it or try and get at the end of it before we had timo well, Werner trying to do headers against van dyke or something do you know what i mean or diaz and it's like what's like it just didn't work and you know reese james is a quality crosser but he just needs someone at the end of it you know and i think there's a lot of players in the team that are going to benefit from the arrival of him Yes, there's that uh, uh, you know that slight unfortunate chance that he might not hit the levels that he did at Inter Milan, but to be honest, we've had that problem since Diego Costa. <laughs> you know, we 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 struggle, we struggle with strikers. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a, a voodoo around the stadium or with that number nine shirt. But ever since we gave the number nine shirt to a centre back, Belarus, a long time ago, and it came back off him, it's been a it's been a curse. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything behind. You had a defender running around with a number nine shirt and he's playing as a centre-back. Like, where's your logic in this? You know what I mean? Like, and since that, it's not been the same. So I hope, fingers crossed, he is the answer since Diego Costa, man. That is a, that's a throwback if they're real. I completely forgot about Bullerus. It's like giving the number seven shirt to Antonio Valencia. I mean, no, no number seven <laughs> really, yeah. really hit the heights since then, have they? He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. That was a, was a yeah. right winger, at least. He was a right winger. Hey, bruv, I'm, I'm, I'm sending shots. At least 14 in <laughs> Arsenal's win was Pete Kerge, to a degree. Wait, wait, wait. But, um, what number did you give William Gallas? 
Shut up, bruv. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave him number yeah. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About that. Uh, I try. I try every day to forget about that boy. Um, <laughs> League title is obviously mm. what everybody's going to be demanding from Chelsea, now, considering that you just won the Champions League as well. So, 97 million on, on Lukaku. I'm pretty sure the window isn't completed for Chelsea yet, even though they have spent quite a bit of money on Lukaku. I think Kunde is no, yeah, yeah, Kunde is still um is still on the cards. Is a lead title on the cards? Is that what you are you're expecting as a Chelsea fan, or is it a bit too soon for these players, even though they have just won the Champions League? The only thing I would say is that we don't have the excuse anymore of you know not being able to compete. I think. If you ask any Chelsea fan, the only one thing was missing last year was, like I said, was just someone putting it, you know, being on the end of the, them them goals, you know. So we've got that now, and uh, I still think it 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 falls down on Man City a little bit. I know they bought Grealish, but I, it's a little bit lost with the Grealish signing because he's a good player, but does and yes, he might elevate them in certain positions, but he's not a goal scorer, and that's something that they need. So I think it depends if they bring in if they bring in a striker, then I think they run away with it. That's my honest opinion. I think they're a step ahead of us in that sense but yeah look we have no excuse not to be up there and when I mean being up there we can't be any more than six to seven points off the drift like we have mm. to be within the mix you can't be 20 points off Man City you know or 15 points or you know anything like that then it's then it's you know then it's a failure then it's us just trying to fight to get back into the Champions League which is something we was doing last year anyway without a striker so is there an improvement on that basis no so we want to see an improvement to say that we need to win it. I'm not going to do that, but at least be there. Do you know what I mean? Kojo, mm. same question. Um, I think no. I think they should be able to challenge now. I think Chelsea's squad is quite underrated. I think they have a good level of depth. Um, in that defense, they have defenders that are capable to play in uh, five at the back, slash three or four at the back. Um, which I think. Chelsea fans need to be a bit happy. They need to be able to have a lot more joy in because um, I think the case is if you want to play a 4 2 3 1, you've got Jorginho and Kante obviously with a, as a two, but then behind them you can play Rudiger, you can play Thiago Silva, Kunde, when, if he and when he eventually joins. Um, Cesar Pilaqueta is very good as a centre back, also as a left back and a right back, anyway. Kill, remember, you, I used to call him like the best defender I can, in general in the Premier League, not just like as right back or left back, whatever. Reese James, obviously, as you've mentioned as well. Ben Chilwell is a very good left back as well. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with Alonso and Emerson. I feel like you're going to sell one of them, or maybe both. I don't know what the situation. One, is. I think a lot. Yeah, we'll keep one of them. I yeah. Think, yeah. Um, Let's just hope not to Arsenal, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are the retirement. I mean, that's why. But no, essentially, I think what's important is they have so many options. In the field, you got Kovacic, you got Kante, you got Jorginho, you got. Mason Mount, then you've got Havertz, and you've got um, Ziyech, and you've got Hudson Odoi, then you've got Word Werner. Like the names are just flowing off bit by bit. There's options for different formations. There's options for different styles of play. There's options yeah. for scoring different types of goals. I don't see any reason why they can't compete. Whether they'll win it or not is another question. Uh, Liverpool getting their players back. There will be questions. Will the players be able to come back from the injuries? Ready and ready and firing and ready to go throughout the whole season. Man City are the current champions. They have bought Jack Grealish as one signing. Would they add that striker? Mane have bought have um what's it, have, this, have bought Varane and Sancho. They've got a bit more balance now, a better defender. Would they be ready? All the questions are there. 
but Chelsea are definitely in that discussion. And I think if they are in the discussion come March, and knowing Chelsea's history, regardless of manager, when it comes <laughs> to big title challenges in March, going forward, they tend to come out better than everybody else. So I think yeah, um, yeah. I think if they're in this discussion by March time, there is a strong chance that Chelsea win the season champions. Minimum expected goals for Lukaku, considering the price is £97 million. Pounds. Ooh. I'll say 20 league goals. I think he's he's more than capable of scoring 20 league goals. That's for me, that's something that he can do in his sleep. The question for me is his big game record. That's the only thing that I think not the only thing, a lot of people have issues with him regardless. They always have agendas and stuff, but his big game record in recent years hasn't been great. Um you can talk about United sometimes. In general, my United were a mess anyway. It's not a Lukaku problem. But there were times when he had chances and he just fluffed his lines. It happens, strikers miss chances. But when it comes to the big games, that's what you're judged of when you're a big time player. Uh, went to Inter Milan, didn't score in the biggest games either. Well, maybe not the winning or the important goal. He did score, but it wasn't like the game changer. So that was also a question about him. But at least he was getting goals in those games. So now that means something. So here we come to Chelsea in those big games. If he delivers in those big games, and knowing Lukaku, when he's on his game, he's actually untouchable. Back to goal. There's hardly anyone that's better at backing off against the defender, turning and shooting. And then in terms of the dreaded power and pace comment <laughs> conversation, but he has that in abundance. If he wants to use his physicality, he can destroy defenders. And his ability, he has the ability to finish. He's very confident in front of goal. It's the big games. If he scores in big games, I have no worries about him in the so-called little games. But in the big games, if he's able to bag that's when you're talking about 30 plus because i feel like he's going to get 20 no problem so i think he can get 20 plus but the big games is the biggest question and i think after the experience of inter milan and now becoming a league champion i think that's going to be a bigger thing for him and i feel like he's going to come on a different um level of crowd this season same to you james yeah yeah no i, I just hear what kojo said really i think he, he's right i think you have to go with he has to get a minimum of 20 goals in my eyes between 18 and 20 goals in the premier league uh, in all competitions, maybe another 10 on top of that. So, yeah, you're pushing close to the 30 mark in, in all competitions for him to be doing. And he can do that. He should be doing that. We will be creating. I think we will create enough for him to, to score that. And when I look back at what we've done last season with Timo Werner missing nearly 24 or 25 big chances, big chances I'm talking about, you know, if he comes, if that's Lukaku, I, I reckon he converts at least half of them, you know. Yep. So... At the end of the day, I expect him to still, you know, still have the same creativity around him. I think we will do that. We dominate games with a ball possession team. You know, we take control of games usually. So I think he, I think that will work in his favour. Um, you know, there was questions about him playing against a low block. I think I agree with Kojo. I think his physicality, being mm. able to just turn and, and run at people and literally just floor them as he's running, literally walk through them, like is 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 is, is a talent in itself and. And it's, it's, when you look at him like that, he's, he's made for Chelsea, right? Because when you look at the best strikers Chelsea have had, Diego Costa was the same, wasn't he? He was a, he was a brick, you know, he used to throw, he used to take them all on in his own up there, didn't he? Holding the ball up and whatever. And then you look at Drogba, for example, he's another one, wasn't he? Just bully centre-backs was fun. So he, he's definitely, he definitely fits the whole what Chelsea, Chelsea are doing. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Mm. Um, there's a question from Big Ron, which is, uh, I think, a fair a, a comment, a fair comment. A question in your midfield. Obviously, Kante is, is without doubt, 
the one of the best in the Premier League. But it's the it's the person partnering him. Yes, Jorginho scored what well, I think like seven goals for for Chelsea last year. It was your top scorer, in fact. But is it a case where his style doesn't exactly quite fit the Premier League, and that that is probably where your opponents will mostly. Uh, Cheer up! You throw me off there. Cheer up, Cahill. Um, where your opponents will mostly target. Is that in, in, in terms of Jorginho you're talking about? Yeah, yeah? not uh, people know my thoughts on Jorginho quite well. I'm not. I've not always been his massive fan. I've actually criticised him quite a lot. I think he's if he gets turned, he's he's vulnerable because he's not got the recovery speed to be able to recover like a Kante. Um, mm. With 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 a Jorginho, he has to have a lot of the ball. You need to make sure that he's constant, you know, constantly on the ball, moving it with the ball at his feet, controlling the speed of the game. That's what he's the best at doing, right? You know, keeping the ball moving, tempo going. I still question mark his progressive passing. You know, being able to pick the ball up and just play it quickly over the top. He's done it in short flashes. When I think back last season, he'd done one that nice little dink over the top to Tammy Abraham for the goal against Wolves. I think it was. Um, you know, he doesn't do that enough. Sometimes with Jorginho, I feel like he's very reserved in himself like he will do the easy pass because it's it's easier to do and it's natural for him rather than get the ball and think hang on Lukaku's making a run there let me just play mm -hmm. that like 25 Cesc Fabregas style ball over the top do you know what I mean which sometimes you, you need to do you can't always consider just keep moving the ball around and do you know what I mean so yeah and then you've got on the flip side you've got someone like Kovacic who when it comes to breaking through the lines is probably our best you know with the ball at his feet he can just literally with his speed you know, break through the, uh, through a midfield quite easily. The problem with him is that when he gets to that position, it's then playing that that perfect final ball. He always overplays it, or he makes the wrong pass, or and it's just his decision making that lets him down in the final third. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots of talks that Chelsea should get a, a central a central midfielder anyway because three's not enough. I don't think Jorginho Kante and Kovacic is is enough because we know Kante gets injured Kovacic has picked up injuries here and there but this is why Kunde is important because what he does bring if we do sign him is versatility the guy can play across the back he can actually play as a DM as well with the ball at his feet he's very good uh, progressive, progressively with the ball as well and people don't realise how talented the boy is really um, and I think he could be used in different in, in different ways but yeah no way I, I think to start the season it would probably be Kante and Jorginho I think who are you going up against? Who who are you targeting, Kojo? If you're if you're if you're managing one of the Premier League sides, because uh, they do because Chelsea do look really formidable now. You can't deny you can't deny it. We're considered they've won the Champions League. They've got that winning mentality in, embodied in them right now. I feel like they're going to have confidence above the most confidence out of everybody in in the in the league this year. Oh well, that's that's the question. I mean, if. If it was maybe like a four-three-three and Kante was alone deep defensive midfielder, he's the one I target, but not in the sense of going at him. He's someone that has to chase. So when he chases, he leaves you want always leave a space in behind. But because he's so elite at it, you're gonna need someone to maybe do a quick one, two, one, two, three with. I don't know, it depends on how many players you want to bring backing up with you against Kante. Jorginho would be the the so-called weaker option. I think he reads the game well, but obviously when it comes to a situation where he has to do chasing. He's not the guy to chase. He hasn't got the speed. He hasn't got the agility to catch up and turn or turn and then catch up to someone. So he would be the weaker link. I just think what's important for Chelsea right now is when they play two in the middle, whether it be Kante, Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, Kovacic, Jorginho, they've got three different players 
They've got three mm. different options. You've got uh, uh, Kante, who, very, by the way, very underrated on the ball, extremely underrated. He can ping passes now. Um, never know. He can be doing that for a while, but he can ping passes, mm. drive with the ball forward. Um, Kovacic is a lot more of a comfortable dribbler. He can beat players, go on the dribble, advance the ball forward a little bit. Um, defensively, Kovacic not as great. Kante, excellent. No questions about him. Jorginho, when he reads the game and he's able to intercept, he just hardly anyone better in the game at him than do, at doing that. So when you're talking about targeting someone, it, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know who you target. I think as a manager, whoever they're playing against, um, especially if it's someone that they're going to be competing against in terms of league position, they need to just try to make a, a, a game where they control the game and Chelsea are forced to play to stop them rather than allowing Chelsea to play in their style. Because if Chelsea get the hold of the game with the kind of options they have, then you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Right? You're going to hope that mm. they don't take chances. I can, like being a United fan, I can talk about that time where, where we beat, I think we beat them 4-0. But even in that 4-0, in that first half, Chelsea were all over me. Yeah, we dominated Tammy, it. Yeah. Tammy hit the post. They were missing chances here and there. And it was like, this is not a 4-0 game. The, the scoreline may suggest that. So it will be the correct scoreline because United scored the goals. But if you look at the overall aspect of the game, Chelsea in control. And bear in mind, this is Lampard time. This isn't Tuchel time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. yeah. The way they were controlling that game for the first 45 minutes, they could have been 3 0 up at half time. They could have ran the game straight. So it, it, just beco- it just becomes a thing where I don't think you target one specific player unless throughout the season, as you get to that game, you can see that they are a weakness in that Chelsea team. Unless that situation arises, I think you just got to try and play the game to your to your style to your speed to your tempo yeah. Yeah. otherwise you're in for a whole you're in for a world of pain I think, no yeah I think Tuchel's made it hard though Kojo do you know what I mean because uh, last season he he because we rotate so much you, you, you kind of get you don't know who's going to be playing up front you don't know who's going to you know if it's going to be a Pulisic or a Ziyech or is it going to be a Werner leading the line or is Havertz going to be a false nine or, and, and that confused the hell out of managers I think and if you look at what we've done to Man City you know, beating them back to back to back under Tuchel three times in a row—that that says it all for me. You know, and I think if even if Pep's struggling to understand how to play against us, then then we must be you know must be doing something right. And I think it's the it's the guessing, it's the, it's not understanding what we're going to do. You know, in many ways. And I think, like you said, the only way you play up against Chelsea under the Tuchel is making sure that you do your things right and you play to your strengths. If you worry about us too much having the ball. Then I think you're just going to set yourself up for failure, really, because you're not going to get the ball off us, you know, in many ways. So, it is what it is. Minimum expectations for Chelsea this season. <laughs> um, well, they've got to get Champions League, haven't they? And I, I don't even think I can say top four, can I? Because that, that's that's just failure, isn't it? Really, they need to be. They need to be. <laughs> I was going to say fourth. I was like, I can't say fourth, can I? Blimey now. Um, they, they 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 need to be second. Do you know what it is? I, I don't understand what Liverpool are going to turn back up. That's my that's my biggest problem because they've got Van Dijk back now as well. Oh, I know it's fine. I know it's going to elevate though. But if he comes back and he's not the same, then I'm seeing Liverpool struggling. So I would say we got to be top two. We've got to be top two. And I think Man United. I know people don't like talking about Man United, especially Man United fans specifically, but. I think I think you guys have got to be in the mix. There's no excuse for you guys. Anything that you have as an excuse is your manager. That's it. The, squad enough, the squad's good enough, you know. Mm. So top two, top three for us. Mm. You want a trophy? 
Or is the oh, yeah, Champions yeah. League's fine for now? Nah. We, as a Chelsea fan, you always want trophies, guys. You never get to, you never get you know too starved of that. You know, I mean, we we always want something. I mean, defending the Champions League is going to be hard. I don't think we we do it back to back. You know, I, I just don't see that happening. But Premier League would be great uh, if we finished second and we won an FA Cup. I'd be all right with it. Mm. I would be cool with it, providing we was three, four, five points off the top against a very good Man City team that had. You know, a, a striker maybe as well. So we'll see. I miss the days when fourth was failure, but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in eighth, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So what's an achievement for Arsenal now? I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in big, big trouble. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all. If we, we're going to have to speak about Arsenal because we're going to move straight on to yeah. uh, predictions for. Uh, Premier League games, and it starts, of course, with Arsenal uh, against uh, Brentford uh, on Friday, eight o'clock. It's at Brentford. Um, obviously, Brentford are, are the, the the they play a certain style of football. is very attractive to those uh, their fans, and I imagine lots of the Premier League will enjoy them. Um, is it a simple case of they are going to embarrass Arsenal off the park, or? The occasion might just get to them. Uh, I think it's only you can say can go both ways, but I think Brentford are super excited to be in this in the Premier League. I think we have to, what we have to recognise firstly about their journey is in the Championship. It's not there's not it's not a one year thing where they've been born in nine and they got promoted. They have played so well over the last two three years, but just not made that step. They've always got so close and then just missed out. But now they've made it. They've made it and they're ready to go. And they've got good players. Obviously, uh, Tony will be the standout option, but you know someone like David Raya is a very good goalkeeper as well. They got good players. I think what's dangerous for Arsenal in this scenario is the fact that we haven't won a preseason game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you got done by both London teams, didn't you? Let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna lie. Got done by Hibernian. I don't care about the London teams. The London teams give <laughs> shit about. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, that no, that is a big worry though. That is a big worry. And when you talk about the the most recent game uh, against Spurs, I know it's a friendly. The mind series doesn't really mean anything in general, but the level of performance just wasn't good enough, and mm. especially the defending again was not good enough. So against a team like Brentford, who are very good on in possession, they're very aggressive going forward. They've got very good options. Um, the silver, uh, I don't know, butchy his name, but it might be Brian M. Wembo, I might be saying that wrong. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and then you've got um, obviously even Antonio yeah, African, bro. You should be getting it right. Uh, well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it don't work like that, fam. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're good players, man. They're good players, and they've got a good team. Thomas Frank is a good manager. He's a very good manager. So, I'm interested to see how Arsenal adapt to this challenge. Arsenal have good players in there. We, there's no doubt about that. The squad is good in terms of talent, but. The questions are always about concentration and all that. When you've got a team that's newly promoted to the Premier League and they really are desperate to show themselves, I think I think you could be in for a world of pain on Friday night as well. And Arsenal do not want to start the season with a loss. <laughs> like, you don't want to do that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Gem, Ivan Tony, obviously a striker that's very much in form in the Championship. Do you think he'll be able to adapt to the Premier League? And if you say yes, how many goals do you expect him to get this season? I think it could be the same case of Tammy Abraham, right? Where he, he smashed it in the Championship 
mm. um, comes over, scores goals here and there. But I don't think he will. It will be at the same level as what he's doing across there. I think he's a very good player, but it's a it's a massive step, isn't it, from what we what you call the Championship to the Premiership, you know, um, and a different and a different kind of test for him. And look, I think um, I think he'll be their top goal scorer. I think he's still still their best player. I think he will score anything in the regions of 12, 10 to 14 goals, I reckon. I think he will, um, provided he stays fit and he's playing. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think, I think you'll see... Uh, it's always, always interesting to see when you, when you see a newbie come up because you never really know how they're going to react, do you? Is, is it either going to be like a, an absolute flop where they're like 20th from the beginning of the, the first game to the end, but they just do yeah. that bad door? You know, all of a sudden they're in blooming seventh above Arsenal, saying, "Do you know what I mean?" Or sixth, <laughs> but um, it's it's going to um, it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game because I don't think they're going to I don't think anyone's scared of Arsenal anymore. I don't think I think that's been uh, that's you know not been the case for a very long time. And even a team like Brentford, who's coming up from the Championship, will look at Arsenal and go, "Well, but we can beat them." I don't feel yeah. like they go there thinking, "Oh, you know, I'm scared if we don't do this and that." I think they just go and play. If they play their game, take it to you guys then, you know, they could give you problems. But at the same time, Arsenal turn up uh, on their day. They, they're unstoppable themselves sometimes, but they just don't have enough of them them days, as you as you probably know, Kale. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's just, it's just <laughs> that's, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, so I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to be a draw. I'm just yeah. be honest. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. When did Brentford get Christoph Ayer? They got him like last week or so. Oh no, two weeks I ago. That, he, he played the friendly recently as well. But uh, according to someone that went to the game, he, he was like, it was a terrible show of face for him. So oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh man. So... Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think he'll come good. I I, I do like, I do like him. He's a he's a very versatile defender. So mm. I think yeah. I think he'll come good. I think he'll, he'll do well. We'll move on to your club, coach. Manchester United versus Leeds United. Mm. Obviously, a massive massive show in for your new shiny signing in Jaden Sancho. I imagine he will get the start above who's on your right. Nobody's on your right. So I imagine he'll get the yeah. start. Um, uh, I mean, it's a tough game. Marco Bielsa is no, no mug. Um, done well with Leeds. Played his style throughout the season. Managed to be comfortable in surviving. Is it about survival this season for, for Leeds or is it about trying to break top 10? Uh yeah, I think they're going to try and progress. I don't think Bielsa is someone that literally sits on his laurels and says, okay, we've done this and let's do this again. He's not someone that likes to just sort of relax. And the signings they've made kind of, you know, so they got Lewis Bitt from Chelsea. Um, I didn't even know that. But Junior Firpo is a good signing from Barcelona. So that shows up the defensive oh. left back. Yeah, mm. it's a good signing at left back. And obviously they made Jack Harrison permanent from City. Someone that's integrated to the team yeah. all along. And he's a good player. I think... What's important for Leeds this year is one, they don't drop their philosophy. I think their philosophy works for the team, works for the squad. More importantly, it works for Bielsa. And Bielsa is a genius in getting these players to work to his style. Um, it suits all of them. The signings he makes makes sense because it suits their style of play also. So they can progress. I just think um, they finished, what was it, maybe 13th or something? Or so? I might be wrong. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think 13th. Yeah. Um, I think Villa finished 12th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so regardless, I think anywhere between, I'd say anywhere between ninth and 12th would be a good season for them. I don't expect them to put up trees. I just think they need to solidify themselves a bit more. Um, but then again, they do have the talent to maybe push for something. I mean, look, you compare their squad to maybe West Ham. West Ham have a good squad as well, but their squad is very, very small. 
but they were able mm. to get the most out of you and secure a place in the Europa League. I'm not saying Leeds will do that, but who's to say they cannot do that? That's what the Premier League is about. Um, mm. So they've got a good squad, made good signings. It'll be very interesting to see if um, how they turn up. And as Big Ron has literally just said, they are they will be super fit. If there's one thing Bielsa's good at, is making sure his players are ready. I'm not yeah. sure about United and Trouble are not much of a preseason. No excuses for them. They need to turn up. That's as simple as it gets. But for Leeds, yeah, they're always ready. And we also make sure of that. So, Well, you brought up big runs coming. Let's, let's bring up the United Way's comment there. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty tasty one, especially for the Chelsea fan in the room. They think they're going to win the league and they're going to beat you guys. Obviously, Manchester United have gone under the radar in terms of signings. But £70 million spent on Jadon Sancho, £35 million on Varane. I imagine there's a few more to come as well. So what they spent? They also spent a lot of money. What what do you expect from this Manchester United side? And do you, if they are going to challenge, um, what will be their what will be their their main threats? Well, or who will know, be their main threats? For me, they've signed one of the best attackive players in European football at the moment in Sancho. I think he's been doing bits since he's been over at Dortmund. Um, listen, I think Man United from one to eleven have. One of the best, you know, starting lineups going. When you think, look at the experience in the team. Having Varane, I think Varane, having the Varane back in, uh, you know, at centre back next to a Maguire, just makes him even stronger at the back. I actually think it allows Oli to adapt to maybe something a little bit different. I don't think you need to have a, a McFred as much in games anymore. I think the reason you had a McFred more in games was to protect the vulnerability uh, at mm-hmm. the back. And I think with a Varane and a Maguire. That could potentially be one of the best partnerships in, in in the Premier League this season. Try it takes. Yeah, try, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Um, AWB, we know he can defend. All right, he's not the greatest going forward, but you know he can defend. Luke Shaw was the best left back in the Premier League last season by far. So I expect him. I sit high level with Luke Shaw now because he he set them bars, didn't he? He set them bars, so he, he's got to continue it through. I just really think it falls down to the manager. And, and again, I think that's the only thing that might be limiting you guys. It's what decisions Oli make tactic-wise, who he puts on the pitch. It looks like you've managed to keep Paul Pogba as well for me, who is uh, is going to be a massive player for you guys this season. Um, and with Sancho, um, is Rash- Rashford's going to be out for a while, isn't he? I believe he's... he's, he's three, three months, something like that. Probably till about October, yeah. Yeah, so there's maybe an opportunity for Martial, who's been very quiet, you know, not been playing a lot, to come back. And who knows how he turns up. But mm. the one thing you have got, uh, the one thing you have got, which I think is very important, is you've got, a, I, I would say, a world-class striker. All right, he's old. But when you look at Cavani and the type of player he is, there's not many players that can move the way he does and make that step or that movement before there's the ball's even kicked. Like he will put himself in a position before Bruno Fernandes even whips that ball in. And and that for me is, a, 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 you know, of a striker that's got quality. And that's what Martial didn't have. Because when you had Martial up front, it was very hard to 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 ask him to do that because it just wasn't in his game. He wanted ball to feet and he likes to drive with the ball. He doesn't want to make them runs to the near post and back post and and you know, guess where where he thinks the ball's going to be, and I think Cavani's important. Bruno Fernandez is going to has he's going to have to have another big season for you guys, and you can compete. I don't see how you don't. The only reason you don't is because of Oli, you know, and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, firstly on the 
McTominay and Fred thing, I, I refuse to call them McFred. They give nicknames to people you're affectionate about, and I'm not affectionate about them. <laughs> um, but it's funny because you, 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 we talk about, you know, protecting the vulnerability at the back, and they were the vulnerable ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was... Hmm. It's a, it was yeah, a bit I hear of, that. Yeah, it was a bit... But no, honestly, on, on a serious level, I, I, I do agree. I think I still want a bit more depth in the club, and I, I, I recognise that's not going to be happening this summer. You're not going to get a whole new bench of better backup players than what you currently have. But I do agree if the first 11 or this, if the first strongest 11 stays fit, but there's a good rotation within the team, United have no reason not to compete. Look, there's a team that's been to what? They went to four semifinals, they lost them in a row. So there was, able, there was obviously the ability to eventually get to a final. They went to a final and then they fumbled the bag in that as well. So now the pressure's on. And this is this is where I, I really put pressure on managers i always say i try to always say i give managers three years you have some sometimes people like tukel who comes in and with the title in his I mean, it's a champions league in his first season it's not even a full season in his first season he does it you know Wenger in his first full season won the premier league you know uh i mean so did roberto Mart- um roberto de mateos but it happens and sometimes after that you fumble the bag i'm not gonna lie but you know, sometimes it happens and sometimes you, you completely fail. It's what happens in football, isn't it? But I, in general, like to give managers three years and I say, this is your team. And now, what are you going to do with your team to up your levels? Man United fans are always talking about progress, this, progress, that. You're telling me about progress, third, second, what comes next? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to yeah. challenge. You have to challenge. Yeah. Well, you can't go to January again, yeah. top of the table, have your fans singing, what would it be, 21 and 22 and then <laughs> absolutely nothing with it. You know, you have to really... Pro- and this is where the pressure is really on Ole. And I think he knows it because, you know, if you look at the signings he's brought in as well since he came, became manager from interim to full-time, Maguire came under his management, Juan Bissaka came under his management, Bruno Fernandes, and then obviously the current two, um, and Tom Heaton, for anyone that really cares about that. So, you know... <laughs> Your best you, goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, you know, elite goalkeeper. <laughs> He needs to head the the hair when he got heated. So look, I think <laughs> I think the pressure is on. There's no more excuses. You have a lot more options in the team now. Make more changes, improve on what you didn't do well last year, and let's see what you're made of. It's a mm. cutthroat business. If it does the job, great. If it doesn't, we do oh, yeah. do you see um do you see Donny actually getting some more games? Do you think he's still going to be sitting on the bench? I think I think he'll get a bit more games, and I say a bit. I don't say I won't say a lot more. I'll say a bit mm. more because I don't think Ole has the full confidence in him yet. A lot of United fans are getting excited about the fact that he's bulked up because apparently he has to bulk up to do one in the Premier League. David Silva, David Silva looked like he never went to the gym once, but he was one of the best <laughs> midfielders in the Premier yeah. League. So it's not about bulking up; it's about adapting to the game. If he's adapted to the game now. In the English game, and he's more suitable towards the game, then we'll see a better Donny van der Beek. So let's see what he does. I think yeah. last year, I think he was a bit unlucky. Um, Ole didn't give him enough game time for me. I think there's a lot of games where he could have given him opportunity, and he didn't. I didn't agree with that. I think he overused Bruno Fernandes, for example, who should have been wrestling quite a lot more. But I understand his influence mm-hmm. to the team. This is a big year for Donny. And I think now it's a case of when you play, you must impress. It can't be. United fans saying, "Oh well, he hasn't played this, and he hasn't played that." You have to, you have to prove a point. You have to prove a point. Same thing you said about Marshall. The reason why main United fans are so indifferent about Marshall is because Cavani was doing what he 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 doesn't. So it's also a big year for him. So you know, 
Donny, Donny needs to step up this year. And I hope he does, because I do like the player. I have a lot of confidence in him. Chelsea, Chelsea are facing oh, Crystal Palace. Now, it seems like a very easy game, but it may be a bit tricky considering Crystal Palace have a few good players and they have a new manager. So, what's the expectation for this game? Is it is it an easy win or do you expect a bit of trouble? Mm. <laughs> Listen, look, we're at home. We should, there's, there's no, you can't sit here and say, oh, it's a, you know, we, we got a win. And we, we, I think it's important that you have a good start and... I don't see it anything other than us winning maybe a 2-0, you know, and I think Lukaku starts. Um, I think you start to see, um, you know, you'll start to see uh, how, because how, there's a lot of, some, especially for us, there's been a lot of players that have that are still not even had a pre-season, you know, and just got back. And it's like, we're going, we're coming into the game with the Premier League now, like Jorginho's, Mason Mount, Ben Chilwell's all right, they didn't play, Reese James is like, these guys ain't even been playing any football whatsoever. So, you know, Chelsea have got a good enough squad, that, you know, to, to beat a Palace. You know, they've got the depth to be able to accommodate, uh, you know, places here and there. And, you know, we've we've, we've not looked too bad over pre-season. I'm not going to lie. We've obviously beaten both Arsenal and Tottenham. Um, on top of that, we've got a massive Super Cup game on Wednesday against Villarreal, yeah. which, we, which we need to... <laughs> we need to be ready for, you know. So, we don't want to do a Man United and fall on our asses, you know. So... Um, that could happen, but <laughs> um, you didn't have to phrase it like that, man. It was there, it was there. I had to let it out, but listen, look, it, we should be there or thereabouts after that. You know, it's going to be an, it's, it's a competitive game as well. Wednesday, we want to win, could be our first bit of, bit of trophy, you know, a bit of silverware for the season as well. So, yeah, I expect us to win 2 0. Am I back? I don't know. I think I've been messing about. Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah. All right, sweet, sweet. Um, Kojo, Crystal Palace, obviously the new uh, manager, Patrick Vieira, someone who has a, a deep, deep place in my heart. Um, is it a job too far for him, considering that Crystal Palace have lost a lot of their players on, on free transfers as, as, as well? But Or are you seeing good things that are coming his way, especially with, with some of the signs that he's been making? Yeah, I think his sign is having smart. I think that's the most important thing that we have to mention about Patrick Vieira. Look, they've lost um, Hennessy, Townsend, uh, who else we've got here? Sacco, Van Aanholt, Gary Kale. There's experience. There's experience, basically. Like, if I talk about how I feel about people like Mohamedou Sacco, we're here for a long time. There's nothing to really say about that. But Michael Elise from Reading is a good sign. Um, Mark uh, Gehi, is that you say his name? The, the guy from Chelsea. Um, yeah. I haven't seen much of him, so I can't really comment on help on him. But I've seen. People say good things from Chelsea fans. I've seen good mm. things said about he's him. He's a good so player, yeah, he is. That, yeah. that could be a good sign. And Joe Kim Anderson, we, we saw him last season for Fulham, was a standout. Um, and it was a standout in terms of being best of a bad bunch. He was actually really good for them. Just obviously, they weren't good enough to stay up. So he's a signing, and it's a good signing at that. Conor Gallagher is a good signing as well. And the final client mm. one, I didn't know. I didn't I just saw that. Mm. Not, so I didn't know they signed him in a free transfer. I think that's smart. I think you, you've, man, you've, you've signed a mixture of youth and experience. People that have played in this league, people that are going to be new to the league, but they're exciting, you know. So um, I think what he's trying to do is keep it that culture. You had um, uh, Zaha and what's the other young man's name that plays for Crystal Palace, a young strike winger? Eze. Eze, you know, doing things. He's injured, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Exciting for Palace last year. Um, so you've got that option and now you've got Elise as well. So now you've got three players. I want 
I think Olise is a winger as well, but I think you've got players that can actually play as one of the players at 10, one can play on the left, one can play on the right. You've got fluidity, I think, is the best word for me to use in that team. Um, and Anderson is a very good centre-back. Um, Nathaniel Klein didn't have the best time at Liverpool, but regardless, that's a player that has some pedigree in the Premier League. Yeah. Southampton, Liverpool, it's not a bad signing at all. And I think once he gets back on his feet playing a lot more regular football, you'll see the player that we were impressed with at Southampton mm. before he went to Liverpool. So I think um, I think good things are ahead for Crystal Palace. I think Chelsea will still beat them. I do expect Chelsea to beat them. But it wouldn't surprise me if Palace come out showing that they can give a bit of trouble to some teams in the future because they will create chances. But those kind of players going forward, minus Jordan Ayew, I say that with a reason. Um, minus him, I think they can... <laughs> <laughs> I think they can uh, cause a lot of problems. So, yeah, I think, um, and I'm excited to see Vieira. I'm very excited to see Vieira. As a manager. I didn't, I didn't really pay much attention to him in France as a manager, so I don't know his sort of style of play and all that. But I mean, to answer Big Ron's uh, question, he he finished. He was was he's like four points off top four with Nice. Good, and they fired him. So, so that, oh. Okay. Big run. Let's, let's 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 not talk about Arsenal legends because I can speak about some Manchester United ones who are returning <laughs> managers. Wait, hold on, 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 hold on. Laurent Blanc won a league, uh, a league one, bro. So you know, yeah, yeah so, shoot, you bro. Know. Unlimited funds. Come on now. I, I don't Get care. Off, Agenda's Get agenda. You have to drop the agenda right now with your Galas number ten and all them things there. You know, you gotta you gotta slow it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right then. All right then. I'm not here to make um, sense. I'm just here to talk, bro. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to uh, Leicester City. They they face Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Wolves with their new manager, Leicester, obviously coming off the back of beating Manchester City in the Community Shield. Jem, what's the expectation for Leicester City this year? Is it a simple case of now is the time to to progress in the league and finally get that top four spot? Which has always been theirs. They just completely fumbled the bag the last few games. Yeah. I think they've over-exceeded what people thought they would do. Um, I think them getting even even to the end of last season, potentially getting in the Champions League. And I know they people say they bottled it, Brendan Rodgers, Bottler and all this stuff. But he he what they've got going there works for him and it's worked so well. And even like, you know, the signing for me of Patson Dacca is going to be the interesting thing, you know, because mm. he is a... He's a player that scored a lot of goals, you know. So, and I think he could, he could, I think, I think Vardy's good, but Vardy's getting old, man. Do you know what I mean? It's getting to that point where it's like, all right, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the next person to lead Leicester going in and keep this, keep this going? I think Pat Sandaka, I think he can, after watching him in glimpses, because I don't watch too much out of it across Europe, watching him in glimpses has, has the potential to be a very good player. There's also the thing with, Madison and Arsenal, which which will be very interesting because if he does if he does leave, then that will definitely weaken them. I think, in my honest opinion, um, if they keep him, then they have a good enough squad next season to to go again and and be a problem. And that's what they are for me. They're just a problem, you know. When you come up against them away, even at home, they give you they give you some hard, hard, hard games. And you know, it, 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 I expect them to be there or thereabouts. Um, obviously, they've got the, the Europa Conference football as well, haven't they, this year as well, which is like the new tournament to, they have to play. League, like, yeah, no, yeah. Let's, it's the no, let's have Europa League. Europa yeah. League, yeah, yeah. Tottenham 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 Tottenham. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got Europa League. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be, 
I think they'll do all right, Leicester, you know. I'm waiting for them to kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I'm waiting for them to just kind of just drop off, you know, like that that big drop yeah. off from what they did the season before, but they're just not fucking off. They're just, they're always there. And it's like, <laughs> I'm my head in, bro. <laughs> like, why, why is Leicester, why is Leicester taking one of these top four spots the whole season? It don't make sense. Like, get get out of there. You, you're not meant to be there. Get, get, get a bit further down the table. But listen, they've got a, they've got a good, they've got a decent manager and they've, they've got a project that works there, the way the, the way they bring players in, the way they target their players. They get their transfers done pretty well. And on top of that, they sell their players for a blooming lot of money as well they and do, get a lot of money do. for them. So they're a well-run club, I've got mm. to say. I mean, you say, why can't Leicester F off? But in simple case, they won the league a few years ago. So if there's any team that should have, should F off, it should be Spurs. But that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers... Uh, Obviously, once again, new manager is in. I even going to attempt to say that, guys. Bruno Miguel Silva Donasquimeto. That's that's his name, boy. That's that's a name and a half. I got to respect it. But a lot of changes are happening at Wolves. They've just they've lost um, their goalkeeper. Um, what's his name? Rui Patricio. He's a very good goal, very good goalkeeper, very underrated at Wolves. But they've replaced him with Jose Sar, another Portuguese player. What a surprise! Um, it's uh, it's going to be a real weird season for Wolves. The first time they're in the Premier League without um, without Nuno, Raúl Jiménez is back. But is he going to be the same player as he was before the the the, the head break? Um, what do you what's what's the expectation for for Wolves, Kojo? Is it survival because they didn't exactly uh, impress everybody else like they have been doing previous for two years out of three? Uh, yeah, because uh, they've got good players going forward, but I've just I've never bought into that defense. I I, I don't I, I don't have faith in Connor Cody. I don't have faith in um, Bolly Willie Bolly. I don't have faith in uh, Nelson Semedo. They someone like like Ruben Neves and Jose Moutinho. These are good players. They signed Trincao, another Portuguese player. There you go. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. But he's a good player. And that's what I'm saying. You add good players going forward. I mean, you know, I think Raul Jimenez is obviously a big, big boost. Um, he's been able to play preseason as well. So it means he's been ready for the season. He's ready to go. I don't know what his condition is when it comes to taking headers, though. And that's a big part of his game. I, I don't I don't want to say anything. I, don't, I genuinely don't know what it is. I know he's been playing games. I know he's been looking fit. He's been looking well. He's got a smile on his face. He's ready to go. I, I mean, even if he is cleared to, to take to head the ball, it's it's the trepidation, it's the fear that's going to go and be in the back of his mind of yeah, why exactly. should I challenge for this? Um, I, I honestly don't know what expectation I've put on Wolves because they should be staying up. If I had to predict a team to go down, they wouldn't be one of our three, if I'm being honest. But then I don't look at the squad and say, this is a team that should be competing to be 10th and above. Mm. So they're kind of like in the middle purgatory if you will you know just sort of in there in the mix but you know you'll notice them and about like, oh they're very close to the relegation zone but then two or three games there they'll be fine again nothing will happen i just i don't know if one day signings are improvements on what they've got trinkow is a good player but i don't know if he's an improvement on your netto or your adama triore um and then star is he a better goalkeeper than Patricio? I haven't seen enough of Saar to say yes or no, but knowing how good Patricio is, I don't. I, I doubt it. 
I don't know. I just I just don't expect much of them. I don't think they'll go down, but I don't think they'll improve much on last season. So for me, they are yeah, they're 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 thereabouts. They're thereabouts. I don't see they're in thereabouts. Norwich City returned to the Premier League after was it like a season out as well? Think, um, yeah. They face Liverpool at Carrow Road. Um, Liverpool, I mean, we, 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 we don't know. And that seems to be the question surrounding Liverpool. We just don't know what's going to happen. Is Mane going to show the form that he's been showing re- recently or is he going to recapture what he, we know him for? Salah, I'm, I think the only certainty is that Salah's going to score a shitload of goals. Yeah. That's the only certainty because Alisson had a bad season. Trent had a bad season. Robertson had a bad season. A whole bunch of these players had really bad seasons and it seemed like Jurgen Klopp's system of just overworking these men, it just completely fumbled because they they just scraped top four. Just scraped top four. So is it... What do you expect for Liverpool? Is it a, a resurgence? Because, like you said, did say, Van Dijk is, is back. So we never know. Once again, you never know. Van Dijk is back. Um, is it they're going to challenge for a title or is it can we just scrape top four this season? I think the biggest mistake that they've made and even now is that when they won it they never they never strengthened they never really had added squat depth they just thought that that they were going to continue in their own little fairyland of going into next season and not get any injuries and you know everyone will be fit and we continue playing like this and we'll get away with it and the truth is the truth to be told is that eventually every good team gets found out you know you, you learn how to adapt to them you learn how to play against them and yes they were missing important players but I still think Klopp was very naive in certain games last season by playing when you had the likes of Kabak and Fabinho playing centre-backs, playing high lines and things like, you know, and playing the same formations. And, you know, yes, they miss Van Dijk and I get he's a massive player, but they still had Salah and Mane. What happened to Mane last season? What was his mm. excuse? You know, because nothing changed changed much for him, you know, and he was in and out in, in patches. If they didn't have Salah scoring in the games that they did and winning them games, which, which is why I say he's more important than Steven Gerrard to them. That's my opinion because he's he's, he's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> then then they wouldn't be they wouldn't be where they was, you know. And <laughs> well, think about it. You've got a player that that actually contributes to goals and wins you things. Yeah, he's won you things in the past. But, and then you've got a guy that slips against Chelsea and then Babar scores, and then all of a sudden it's he's a. Uh, He's our best ever player ever. For what reason? What's he done? You know, so that's another story for another day. But um, there's a truth to it, isn't there? There's a little bit of truth in what I'm saying. Think about it. You know, they... Are, they, are you still I, salty? I, I, he, never come to, he never came to Chelsea? I feel, I feel like it's a bit, a bit of salt. No, nah, do you know what? He would never have, he would never have been the player he is if he didn't, uh, if he yeah, didn't leave. I, I, and, the same yeah. for, and the same for De Bruyne. Progression is important for players. You know, progression is so important for players. And look, going back, because I've just gone off, I've got off target talking about... Gerard and Salah, but they 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 haven't strengthened their squad again. What what if ten games in, Van Dyke pulls up again and he's out for two months? They're back to mm. square one again. What if you know Salah gets injured? He gets quite a serious injury and he's out. Who comes in and and replaces them with them goals? Who who? Because I know for me, no goals can't do it. Let's just be serious. He's he's not he's not contributing, is he? What Origi? Is he coming on to save the day or uh, Shakiri? Like they, they just yeah. they haven't. And Jota, like, don't get me wrong. Jota was a good signing. Jota was a good signing for them, and he and he, along with Salah, was important last season. Can he continue elevating them and 
you know, elevating the levels that he did last season. I don't know. I just, I look at Liverpool and they're just one big if and but. I just don't know. They could easily, wouldn't surprise me if they were like fifth. Like, because, because they hadn't strengthened, you know, they just hadn't strengthened. And I think they get found out. I think teams get found out after a while, you know, if you don't learn to adapt different styles of football, different, different type of players, you end up getting found out after a while. And I, and I just feel like they've, they've done it again, getting into this season. I think I think you've triggered my, yeah. my boy. <laughs> oh, no, oh, yeah. uh, Salah or Gerard? <laughs> oh my goodness! Salah um, or Gerard, Kojo? Uh, uh, Gerard, didn't it? What is what it is. But honestly, Kojo, think about it. Who's done more for their club? No, I, I see. I, I see the point you're trying to make in terms of like. So they've both won Champions League. I think. They were both as I think they were, they were both as key to the clubs as they were. But I think when you talk about the Premier League, Salah was there from the start to finish, and he did finish with that league. But overall, team. he's the more important player, then, isn't I, it? Because even though he won the Champions League, I, 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 I still don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. Just, like why? Why can I just why do? And it's not just it's not just Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool fans. We all just like get attached to our emotions on individual players rather than just saying it as you see it. And the truth is, the facts say. That Salah, that Salah has done more for Liverpool than what Steven Gerrard has. <laughs> like, let's be serious. Like, I, I don't know why they get so wound up about it. But anyway, um, but um, let's, uh, let, let's let's talk about Norwich. Um, they they come up again. Um, let's see. Well, 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 there's a Daniel Fark is still the boss. Timo Pukie is still their main striker. So it might seem. Like... It might seem like uh, they haven't learned their lessons from from before. <laughs> you triggered them. You triggered them. Um, but that's what, what I mean. Is 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 Norwich going to be safe this season? They're, I think the signing of the loan sign of Billy Gilmore is quite impressive. Let's see what the but he is very young. But let's see what the fact. Let's see what the young kid can do. In my opinion, but what do you think Norwich are going to do? Are they going to upset? Oh, this, this is I swear they played in first game of the season they come up as well and they beat them, right? I think so. You might be right. You might be right, yeah. So yeah, my, my history may repeat itself, no? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Liverpool are beating them. I have no doubt about that. And I see <laughs> have no doubt in saying Norwich are gonna go back down again. Norwich might become the new West Brom, the yo-yo club. That that's that's my take on that. Um I don't know what to say about them really, to be honest. Um I don't expect much from them either. I, I generally see another relegation battle. I generally see them going down. They will be one of my three to go down. Um, not that they, not that I, I don't think Daniel Fark is a, a a decent manager. I think he's all right, but I don't think he has the minerals to keep them going in the Premier League. I just don't think he has it. Um, Timo Puki had a good year in his first proper season in the Premier League. He had a good year, to be fair to him, but I don't think... I just don't think they have where it takes to stay in the Premier League. Um, yeah, so Liverpool, that's the one. Um, WD said that they beat them 4 1. But no, oh, okay. good that okay. day. Yeah, they looked very good that day, to be fair to them at Anfield. I remember that. They did look very well, um, very good. But I, I, they can, this is the thing about football. You know me, you know me. I don't I don't buy into that romanticism of the pretty football, and that's why they might look good and they'll stay up. Listen, you play pretty football, you still got hit for four. <laughs> and the goals they conceded, like Liverpool are quality side, but the, the goals they conceded were, were a joke. 
if I'm being honest, I'll, I'll complain after the joke. Um, so, especially from a certain Grand Hanley defending. So, me personally, I don't expect much. I see them going back down. You That's... hate that, bro. You hate that, brother. <laughs> from the first day he started to the Premier League in 1920, I told you about, I, I said his name first. That was the first you thing. Hate that, brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> you call it hate, I call it my truth. It is observation. Observational. That's what it's about observation of the guy, man. I just don't think he has the minerals either. So, yeah, I think... Um, I think they're going to go back down. And quickly on Liverpool, Liverpool are in a situation where they just be very careful about how they rotate this year. Van Dijk, first major injury. So let's see how he recovers from that. Um, Joe Gomez, second major injury. Matip, injury prone. Konate is a good signing, but he's also injury prone as well. Mm. You don't want to get it's not Liverpool McCartney either as well. Uh, I really don't want to talk about Liverpool McCartney, trust me. Um, trust me on that one. So, you know, I think... They need to be, and now Robertson look has what looked like a disgusting injury. I, I, I don't know against Bilbao. Yeah, in the friendly, I don't know mm. what what that means for him. I don't know if it's a very serious one or if it's just like one that he's got away with. But it just means that you know they just have to rotate well this year. So we're gonna see what they do with the squad this year. I think rotation is the key for Liverpool. But as long as they have Salah, they'll win games. That's mm. as simple as it gets. As long as they have Salah, they'll win games. So. They just need to hope that Salah's back on his game as per usual. If he's not, <laughs> feed my agenda, feed it. All right, <laughs> I, I can't lie about Salah. Salah's, Salah's he's, he's incredible. Oh man. crap, bro! Apparently, Robertson's got ligament damage as well. So that is that's wow. a whole... oh, Who they got to come in as left back? I do not um, know. Oh yeah, that's it. They got um, James Simic. Milner in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, joking for trouble. Joking for trouble. They got Simicast. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Come on, oh, for the six. Let's go. <laughs> oh, bro. You have a, have a field day. Um, the final game, or the, big, the, the biggest game of, of this, this weekend, Tottenham versus Manchester City. Hmm. A baptism of fire for... Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo as he takes his Tottenham side to his first game mm. against the champions. It is at Spurs, but there is a whole bunch of, of crap happening at Spurs. They they buy their players and their star striker says he wants to leave, doesn't turn up for training. Now says he didn't need he, he always wanted to turn up for training. He just it just didn't happen that way. The, the media is bullshit and it's all lies and, and it's smoke and mirrors, everything's fine. Is that going to feed into this season for Spurs? Because we still don't know where, where Harry Kane is going to end up. Um, I think Spurs are in trouble. Uh, I think they're... Well, actually... No, actually, I'll take that back. Because they, they signed Romero, didn't they? And he's a very good centre-back. The thing with Romero is that it's who he's got next to him. And he's, they've got the fraud Eric Dyer playing next to him. who shouldn't even be a footballer. You know that that that, that ain't really I feel like he's just crap. It's just I don't know how whoever scouted him who said he was a footballer. I, I don't know. They need to they need to get sacked as well because that that was a shocking <laughs> shocking decision there. But listen, yeah, Romero's a good signing. If they pull off, um, if they do an, an undercut on Arsenal on uh, what's his name as well. Um, yeah, Martinez. Which I, I again I don't, I don't see him. 
Uh, I don't see Inter Milan selling both, but again, apparently they they need money. So mm. if he's going, and if they're he goes to them, gonna, they're saying he's going to stay, but you never know. Oh, he's going to stay. Yeah, well, you mm. never know because they said Lukaku was going to stay three weeks ago, and now he's exactly, on his way exactly. to Chelsea on a plane. So it is what it is. But you know, they've got they've got a good squad, but they need to keep Kane. And and the problem with them though is that they're so reliant on Kane and Son for goals. So when they're not there, and or one of them's not, yeah, you know, one of them's injured, then I just. I still just think they they will struggle. You know they've lost um, Lamella, haven't they? He's now gone as well. I know he wasn't playing much, but they've lost Lamella. They got Bergwijn, who is who is <laughs> oh, big run, bro. Big run <laughs> dropping bombs right now, like, <laughs> dropping them bombs. So listen, I don't expect much from them. They lost Gareth, Gareth Bale's gone back in here as well to Real Madrid. So yeah, you know, are they really in a great position right now? All right, they will be. They'll hopefully still have a Harry Kane. Like, I don't know. Again, it's, it's a question mark. We have yet to be seen. They have got a decent manager who will get them to play in, in a certain formation. I just don't know. Again, I look at their bench. There's nothing really there that, that's really threatening about Spurs, you know. So, we'll see. Mm. Kojo City is a simple case of they get the three points on, on this day and then they're straight back in the, the title contention. Um. It's a bit of a weird one. I think, firstly, they are going to be in title contention. That's, that's, regardless of this result, they will be in title contention. Even if they were to lose this game, it's the first game of the season. They can recover three points in the next game. It is what it is. Um, they haven't really improved. For me, for me personally, I'm going to say this right now, I don't think they really improved their team. Jack Grealish is a good signing. I don't know if he's an improvement on what they currently mm. have. That's my question. So you're um, saying it's been 100 million to go sideways? Damn. That, that might be what I'm saying. That might be what I'm saying. Oh, wow. um, I feel like they needed a striker more. So the pursuit of Kane made sense because Aguero's gone. That's your club legend. He was injured quite a bit anyway, so he wasn't really available. The confidence in Gabriel Jesus has diminished year by year as he's been on that club. So they needed a killer up front. And I feel like if they had Kane being supplied by all these other players around him, around him he would have had the time of his life. But look, this game, whether they win, draw or lose, I wouldn't use it as Barano to see how their season will go. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll always compete for everything. That's that's the kind of squad they've built. That's the kind of manager they have. He competes for trophies. You'll be very, very, very shocked if they didn't compete for anything or if they didn't win anything. Okay, this is a decent shot by Double D. Say he could play false nine. I've never seen him play that position before. I know he's more of a left-sided slash maybe central attacking I've never seen him play centre mid though is there I feel like they're, they're, they're assuming he can play centre mid it's more like he's been a winger yeah I think I think it's because at um, Villa had the licence didn't he he has the licence to be mm. around the pitch he's their best player or he was their best player so he had that licence to do what he wanted in the pitch and influence the game which you would do when you got your, your best player who can play in that kind of role why would you limit him you wanted to get involved in the game 24-7 be on the ball help make things happen um, but I just feel like I feel like they needed a striker and Big Ron, I was about to make a point that Big Ron actually just brought up that they don't require a striker to win the league. For me personally... How often can you can you repeat that though? Nah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Because Jem yeah. um, said earlier that all teams, good, even good teams, they do get found out. You have to change things every now and then. Keep things and interesting. Pep gets found out quite a bit, man. He does. And, and last yeah, year... Yeah, so, and if you look at last season as well, it, they didn't have a... Um, they never like... 
they didn't really have any challenges, did they? It wasn't like there was anyone up their yeah. asses really trying to pressure. We all had kind of a bit of a flop off, you know. So I, I don't think you get away with with not playing a striker, and 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 we. I'll be surprised if they've done it again. Uh, yeah. Without a striker, I think I, mean, I agree they, with Kojo. They, they scored the most goals in the Premier League as a, for, as a team in the Premier League. They did. Yeah, but I think it was, eight, it was eighty nine, but that's the, they usually get a hundred. So that's that themselves. Yeah, they'll have they'll have games where they score five six. That that's what yeah. they. Gundogan will score goals. Sterling will score goals. Morris will score goals. KDB will. Score, they have goals over all over the the squad. So I think that's why people don't worry about them not having a striker. And I think that's I think that's fair to say. I just feel like if they have the extra striker, it gives you a certain, if you're a City fan, a certain more confidence that, you know, you have a goal scorer on mm. top of goals of being around the goal scorer. It just adds that bit more to your team. It makes people be a bit more threatened by your presence mm. when you step onto the pitch with them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, I think I think they'll be fine. I, still, I think they'll still compete. I don't think they'll have initial competing, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach this game. Spurs have a lot to prove um i want to see what santo does with one not having not being told that he must sign portuguese players because none of his signings have been portuguese so that's the first thing you have to mention yeah Mm -hmm. and secondly i think what i've seen in preseason so far for spurs is a different four at the back five at the back three centers um three center backs whatever formation there's been difference and there's been different styles Romero's a good signing. Golini is actually a good signing as well. Whether he starts or is a backup to um, Laurie, regardless, that's a good signing as a goalkeeper. And then um, Brian, Brian Hill. Yeah. Good talent as well. And he, he impressed in the Olympics. So yeah, he did. excited to see him do what he possibly could do in the Premier League. I think um, I think they'll be fine. I think both, I think City will be fine. And Spurs, Spurs really, actually, I must say they need a good start, but the last time I looked at that, they had a good start and they got excited. Everything came crumbling down fast. So they need Kane yeah. to stay more than anything. They need Kane, to, yeah, you know, it's the history. So they need Kane to stay more than anything. But City, City will be fine. They'll always compete. Whether they win the league or not, I don't think they'll win the league. They'll win something, but mm. they'll win the league. So. so who wins the league then? I've got Chelsea or Man United winning the league. I've got Arsenal. <laughs> ah. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Hell no. Fuck, fuck that. Bloody hell. Anyway, that is that, ladies, gentlemen, ladies and thems. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Gem, where can I find you, sir? Yeah, on Twitter, CFC underscore Gem. Um, I do have my own channel as well, GNA TV. So if you guys want to come over there, we're doing a bit of, I'm doing a bit of Chelsea at the moment, but we do predominantly try and do big six reviews. Uh, we're going to be doing the Man United show as well. There's a couple of things that are in the pipeline to be done over there. So yeah, get checking out. Check those guys out. Coach Hojo, where can they find us? Um, find us here on YouTube, Filming for Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, free in the field and yeah that's about it, isn't it that is about it thank you very much for watching good night <laughs>